1: This is a tricky question that I think we all need to ask ourselves on a regular basis. Consider this, when I was younger and I started martial arts, I settled on a style called ninjutsu. In ninjutsu, it's not a terribly hard style, it's more fancy, it's a lot of fun, you do some rolls, play with weapons, just have a blast, throw some star knives, all that sort of stuff. So I progressed in that system and I attained my black belt. Yay, that was cool. And as a black belt, it was great. I got to lead the classes. I had the best skills with the weapons. I got to do all of these great things that were satisfying and edifying in a sense. Basically, I was happy. I also knew deep down that I wasn't really challenged. I knew that I'd hit that spot where if I stayed where I was, I'd probably do quite well. I mean, they were asking me to be an instructor and everything else, and, and life was pretty good. And then came the thought. The thought was this. You know that there's more out there. In fact, worse than that, you know that there's guys that are training in martial arts right now that don't have their black belts that could probably wipe the floor with you, could beat you up. And so I thought about this and eventually it got to me and I just had to give in and I moved on to the harder styles. I went on to Muay Thai and done all the MMA and other stuff like that and absolutely became a better fighter. More of that is in the episode where I talk about martial arts specifically. But what this is all about is this, is that where there is comfort, where there's a degree of mastery and you're not pushing yourself anymore, there is a degree of happiness. However, where there's a degree of discomfort, where you're challenging yourself, that's where growth takes place. The best way to illustrate this would be in the famous flow channel diagrams. You know the ones that I mean. On the vertical axis, they've got the challenges, and on the horizontal axis, they've got skills. And then, basically, if you're looking at the challenge and if it's a low-grade challenge and you don't have much skills, well, that kind of suits you. And incidentally, this is kind of where a lot of happiness takes place. Because as I said, if you're not pushing yourself, you're not developing your skills, you probably have a lower skill base. And if you're not pushing yourself, you have a low challenge. So therefore, you fit right in the flow channel. And the flow channel basically goes from the bottom left side to the top right side in a straight line, kind of an upward direction. Now, if you are close to that line, it generally means things are going well. So what that means is that if, for example, in my case, if I went straight in and went to the most hardcore MMA gym there was, and I had very little skills, probably I would find that the challenges is massively high, my skills was massively low and I'd feel more like on the side of being distressed or anxiety or unfulfilled. Whereas if I had extremely high levels of skills, so let's say for example I stayed with ninjutsu and did that forever and then Come training, I just don't push myself, I don't have anything new to learn, no challenges at that place, then I kind of reach a place where boredom takes over. So what are we to do with this situation? I think it all comes down to this. We have to decide what is more important, being happy or being successful. Being happy is largely about enjoying where you are, stopping and smelling the roses, not comparing yourself with other people, enjoying what's around you. Think about the times when you're relaxing and being with family, maybe at parties, watching Netflix, whatever it is that you do, and you're just feeling great. That is the happiness. But you can know that in that place there, you don't really have the growth that's associated with success. And I find that nature has a weird way of gnawing at you. And eventually, you will notice that there is some discrepancies between where you are and what your potential is. So often success comes into the equation. With success, that's where you look around, you see other people, you see what's possible, and you are driven to go out and do your best to challenge yourself. As part of this, it's kind of funny because we all say that we shouldn't compare ourselves to other people. But if we compare ourselves to other people, sometimes it helps us to push ourselves. But this is the direct opposite of being happy. Because if you compare yourself with other people, we all know that we don't feel that great about ourselves. But it has its utility. By realizing how other people have achieved amazing success using NLP or other forms, we can model it and create this for ourselves. So back to the original question. What is more important, success or happiness? Now, as always, whenever I talk about this sort of thing, it might sound like I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth. The fact is that there is a season for everything. I strongly believe that the overall focus should be on success and growth and that this should be aimed at something that is super important. So, it's very important that you go out and you find out what's important to you, not just something that's going to make you more egotistical or or gratified. It's got to be something that's deep and meaningful and achieve massive amounts of success in this. And then from there, you can grow and build on this. And what is interesting is that while you're in this place, if you're in that flow channel, you're in a state of flow which is so similar to happiness. And also, once you're finished, once you're taking a rest, once you're on your purpose, when you rest, that is a deeper level of happiness than if you are just to focus on being happy all the time. In fact, we all know the beach bums and the guys that just aren't working, they don't want to work, and they're not really happy. In fact, most of the guys I know like that, they complain. I even had a guy come up to me the other day and said, Man, you don't know how hard it is for us, you know, we just, we're not working, we're finding it's so boring, you know, you wouldn't be able to handle it. And I was like, well, it was kind of a conscious choice of you to be in this position. I mean, I know the economy is not easy, but you did have choices and each case is different, but you get the idea. So what I'd like to make the take-home message about in this episode is simply this is that there's a season for everything. There's a season to focus on success and a season to focus on happiness. However, generally, my belief, and come challenge me if you want, is that we should focus on success, but we should make sure that that success is something that is deep and meaningful. From that, in our path, on our purpose, we find that flow state follows, and that brings us a sense of joy. And not only that, when you have achieved levels of success and when you're on your purpose and you're relaxing and not actually focusing on it because face it nobody can be on task 24 7 when you've come home from work and you've driven yourself towards something that you want suddenly that relaxation time that enjoyment time is amazing it is so much better than all you did was just focus on happiness so i hope this helps if you have any questions let me know michaelpulser at gmail.com Success and happiness. Can you have your cake and eat it too? That's the question behind this whole episode. Essentially, I think you can do both. There are seasons of focus. And our next guest is on to discuss this further, particularly... Are you worthy of happiness? Here is Jeanette, best-selling author and coach, to talk about her journey to greatness.
0: Have you ever been in a position where you've been so happy, so much in love, or felt so proud of your success that you could almost burst, but as soon as you felt that pride and joy, you've also been slapped upside the head with the thought that this is just too good to be true? Or maybe you've thought, things like this just don't happen to me. Or a favourite amongst female professionals and entrepreneurs in particular. Oh my God, how am I going to keep this up? I don't even know how I really got here. And pretty soon they're going to find out that I've been faking it all along. I'm just making it up and I'm here through sheer luck. And just like that... The pride turns to panic, the joy turns to worry and instead of allowing yourself to fly with the flow of your happiness you metaphorically tie lead weights to your ankles so you plummet out of your stratosphere of success and come crashing back down to earth where of course that little voice inside your head is waiting to say, I told you so. Yeah, This is exactly what happened to me. Hi, I'm Janet Mohappy-Banks, and before I was an international best-selling author, speaker, and superhero coach, I was a luxury wedding cake designer at the very, very top of my field. My work was in all of the quality printed wedding magazines, I was on wedding TV, and I was one of only two wedding cake designers on the recommended supplier list of the Ritz Hotel in Mayfair, London. I really was exactly where I wanted to be and I got there with remarkable ease. I followed my intuition before I even knew what intuition was and most of all, I followed my joy. If it felt good to me, I did it. If it didn't feel good, I just didn't do it and I found something more fun to do instead. And in a really, really short space of time, I was winning business awards, I was being invited to champagne receptions, and a lot of my life was truly awesome. To the outside world especially, I was really, really successful. But I also had a a now ex-husband who constantly tried to undermine my success. He belittled my achievements and somehow made them seem irrelevant and insignificant. And a little seed of doubt of my worthiness of my success was planted. During a fabulous interview for a well-known luxury magazine, the interviewer commented on how I had never been trained as a pastry chef. And she marveled at my achievements. What was intended to be a compliment only served to give that little seed of doubt food and water. That little voice of being an imposter started piping up again. Who on earth do you think you are? You don't deserve to be here. You're not even trained. The thing is, once you open the door to that doubt, it has a way of spreading through your entire psyche and your entire life until it discolours everything that happens. One day, I realized that a shift had occurred and that I had started working really hard to prove that I deserved to be at the top of my career. You see, there's a really big difference between working long hours that feel energizing and joyful and working long hours that feel like a hard slog where you're constantly battling against the flow. And I had unconsciously made that switch. The emphasis on why I was working had changed. So instead of being pulled by my joy and pulled by my vision of how I wanted my life and my business to be, I was now pushing to prove that I was worthy of having it, that I was worthy of being there. And I was pushing to prove that I was good enough to be there despite not having the training. I regularly used to work over 90 hours a week, often working from Thursday to Saturday without a break. I'm talking working 36 hours on the trot with just the tiniest of naps. If you're wondering, I found that the perfect nap time when the world really starts to implode through lack of sleep is exactly 22 minutes. If you leave it 25 minutes, you might not wake up for the rest of the night. And if you leave it for like 20 minutes, it's just not enough. (laughs) As soon as the seed of doubt of being worthy to be at the level of success I was at started to flower, I was sunk. The harder I pushed, the worse things got and the more mistakes I made. I knew that I had lost the joy in what I was doing and I knew that I was self-sabotaging but I really didn't feel able to stop doing it. I was in an uncontrollable spiral heading downwards, until one day I threw up. Your body has a habit of stopping you if you carry on regardless. I vomited for no apparent reason. The next day, I vomited again and again. And the day after that, I vomited some more. And in fact, I didn't stop vomiting multiple times a day, every day for nearly five years. It came to a head when I was all ready to go out to a consultation with a family whose daughter was getting married at the Savoy Hotel in London. And as I was going out of the door, I vomited on my clothes. I changed clothes as quickly as I could and made the consultation on time. But during the cake testing, I excused myself to visit their bathroom and I vomited again. It was at that point that I knew I really couldn't carry on with my business. So... I closed it up as it was still on its rise and this was one of the most heartbreaking things I have ever had to do in my life. I was very, very fortunate to be under the care of the most eminent gastroenterologist in the country and through numerous medical tests, it was determined that there was no electrical signal going from my brain and into my stomach. So... Food was being rejected as there was no instruction from my brain as to what to do with it. Nearly five years later, having gone through all that medical science could offer and having a prognosis of a slow death by starvation, I went in search of other cures. And finally, I found it in the form of a chiropractor who cracked my back and released my vagus nerve that had been trapped. Probably due to the stress and the tension that I held in my upper back as I was making sugar flowers for hours and hours and hours and hours. The night after my sixth chiropractic session, I was awoken by the most intense pain that I have ever experienced in my life. On the left-hand side of my head, it felt like electricity going up an oak tree in winter. It's really the best description I have for it. I could feel an electrical pulse beaming up the trunk and into the branches and into the tiny branches that come off the bigger ones. It felt like a shooting buzz, buzz, buzz. It only lasted about 20 seconds, and then I fell back to sleep. And when I awoke the following morning, something was different. A good different that really brought me to tears. I didn't feel any pain. For the first time in over four and a half years, I just wasn't in constant pain. The relief and appreciation of that feeling is really hard to put into words, but it's something that I really wish I could have bottled up and shared with the world. You see, I don't think I ever truly appreciated not being in pain until I was in constant pain. And I don't think that I even really appreciated what it was to be alive before I'd faced a probable death. And honestly, being alive is amazing. When you experience that shift in consciousness of just how wonderful waking up is, it's truly life-changing. It took another few months for all of my symptoms to go away completely, And as soon as I had declared myself fully fixed, I knew that I was here to help other people to live the most amazing life possible. This is why I'm now a superhero coach, speaker and author. It is my mission to help a million or more people to connect with their personal power and create the happiness that is our birthright. If you woke up today and you're hearing this, then I want you to know that you've already won. You're already a winner. You're already successful. You have nothing to prove about your worthiness of being here. So I really encourage you to enjoy your life. There is absolutely nothing wrong in wanting more from your life than you've currently got. And if you want more, it's because more is available to you. And to live your most fulfilled and happiest life, you need to feel as though you are living up to your potential and that you deserve to have it. What my experience has taught me is that as a society, we spend far too long trying to live up to other people's expectations of what our lives should be, look and feel like. And provided we don't allow ourselves to be manipulated by other people's insecurities, When we truly follow our intuition and what makes us feel good we easily reach the success that we dream of. But we have to stop letting other people make us play a small game so they are more comfortable with us than we are with ourselves. The reason that 70% of professional women claim to suffer from imposter syndrome is because society has taught us that Getting to the top of our career is not really where we are supposed to be. So when we get there, our position is above that of our belief and our safety alarms start ringing. The only way to prevent imposter syndrome and self-doubt and self-sabotage when you get there is to know on a very deep level that you can achieve any level of success and financial freedom that you choose to and that it is thoroughly deserved and that it is your rightful place to be because here's the thing the people that fill your head with those seeds of doubt whether that's in your ability of your deserving or your worthiness they're looking at your situation through their own filters of fear and inadequacy Nine times out of ten, they feel threatened by your achievement because they would never have the courage to go for it themselves or they fear that your success will take you away from them. So they try to put you back in your little tiny box so they feel more comfortable with themselves. It's not always done consciously and it's not always done through malice. In fact, the majority of the time it's done through love. Sometimes people just don't want you to get hurt, so they'd rather keep you exactly where you are, where they know that you're nice and safe. Of course, sometimes it does come through less loving intentions, such as envy, but that has very little to do with you. Envy is an emotion that is based in the fear that they themselves will never be able to achieve the same things. But no matter what the reason is that other people try consciously or unconsciously to plant these seeds of doubt into your head, you don't have to accept them. You don't have to do what I did and open the door. And you don't have to take the watering can from them and keep those seeds of doubt alive and flourishing. And I know that I allowed myself to be taken off my path of joy. And it led me to nearly dying. I'm very, very hopeful now that I've learned that lesson and I'll never have to learn it again. Often, when we allow these doubts of being enough and being worthy enough into our lives, it doesn't end with choosing your funeral songs like I was doing. But sometimes it leads to something that I consider to be even worse, And that's living a life of existence rather than living a life of fulfillment and joy. A life where we feel frustrated and bored, knowing that we could be doing more and could be having more, but feeling that we're trapped into the little box that other people have created for us because we've been convinced or we've convinced ourselves that stepping outside of it is just too dangerous. And what that usually leads to is perpetuation of the cycle and a reluctance to let anybody around us, our children, for instance, to grow because we didn't choose to grow ourselves. But you really do have a chance now to change the cycle. You don't have to perpetuate it any further. You have a chance to make a different choice in every single moment. You have the power to create the life you want but you'll never do it unless you can believe that you deserve it. And you really do. You really are deserving of the happiest and most abundant life that you can imagine. You are worthy of an amazing and fulfilling career and relationship. And you know what? We were born worthy. We were born worthy of love, of money and of connection. We were born worthy and we don't have to push to prove it. As soon as we start pushing, it's a sign that we're falling out of alignment with ourselves and that can lead to all sorts of things that we'd rather not experience. Like for instance, ill health like I had, stress or depression, which I've also suffered from. And all of these things serve as a wake-up call trying to nudge us in a different direction. My best-selling book, Habits for Happiness, available from Amazon, is the first in my series of owning your personal power. This series helps you to know that you have the ability to choose and create the life you dream of, and it teaches you how to do that. It starts with being grateful and truly appreciating the life that you currently have. If I could give you the feeling I had on my first pain-free day, I really would. But maybe if you close your eyes now, you can just imagine what that felt like. My challenge to you is that when good things happen, you don't doubt your worthiness of them. Don't imagine that it's all going to be taken away again, because those thoughts usually become self-fulfilling prophecies Instead, allow yourself to sit in the joy of your achievements, no matter how big or how small they might seem to other people. You really are worthy. You really are enough. And your life deserves to be happy and fulfilled. If you'd like to know more about me, you can find me on my website, www.JanetMohappyBanksCoaching.com or you can find me on Facebook, And you can find my book, Habits for Happiness, on Amazon, available in Kindle and paperback. You really are amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If so, rate it from the place you downloaded it. For any questions, send an email to michaelpulser at gmail.com.